0: Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live 95.
1: Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. A hectic weekend for residents in Ray Bogue as they've described a nine foot deep sinkhole in the area as absolute carnage. The sinkhole is due to a water pipe which ruptured in the early hours of Saturday morning and a number of houses and cars have been affected as a result and Irish Water and Limerick City and County Council are currently on site. Sarah Beasley is from the local area and she joins us now. Good morning to you, Sarah. Hi, how are you?
2: Thanks very much for um, having me discuss
1: this matter. Uh, Well, thanks for coming on, Sarah. I couldn't believe the pictures when I saw them on social media. Sinkhole, you don't expect it to happen really, do you?
2: Not at all. Now, it did happen in 2016, but um, Irish Water said it would never happen again. Um, And, you know, we've had no rainfall. That was what was, you know, so amazing. Um, And it happened at half, too. The residents thought it was actually rainfall that was expected, um, but unfortunately it wasn't. And the pipe burst and the pressure of the water just literally, it blew through um, the ground and caused that massive sinkhole.
1: So this pipe that bursts. Initially I thought it was one that uh, had caused the water shortage last week but this is a different pipe. It is but
2: it's all connected. This pipe um, serves literally rebogue to my rust. It goes to the whole north side so all these leakages that we've had recently in Corbley and my rust, this is the same pipe and um, Irish Water did confirm that it's an old asbestos pipe but they're not replacing it they just repaired it um, and they did a big job. Now in Fairness Roadstone, the guys there came uh, from the Myroth site and um, spent all day in the smelting heat uh, fixing that pipe filling in the the, the massive sinkhole which as you saw from the pictures was huge and that evening again the water started to leak again.
1: Can you describe this for people who haven't seen the pictures how would you describe the sinkhole to somebody who hadn't seen it?
2: (laughs) It was huge. It was like nine foot deep, nine foot wide. It was like a little swimming pool. Um, it was just, you just literally drove in, and there's a green area which is really well kept by the residents. And then you just see this massive sinkhole.
1: And it would was, this have been an area where kids would play?
2: Yes, it would be. I mean, look, it's um, a mature um, area there and the residents now have lived there for years. But yes, I mean, it's just very well kept by the residents and um, it's just lovely to have a bit of green area in a, in a housing estate.
1: Can they restore it, I suppose? Is it just a matter of filling it in and putting grass seed down again?
2: I suppose it is but the, the, the fact is is, will it happen again? And Irish Water can't assure the residents that. So again, last night they went to bed not knowing, could it happen again?
1: And in what way is it impacting on the residents? Is it, are there any other kind of side effects of having this sinkhole around?
2: Well, I suppose it. I'd be nervous because the houses that were destroyed, um, I was in them. It, it was awful, absolutely awful. Um, it was running dirty water. Um, all the flooring destroyed. All the furniture destroyed. Um, they've had. To be, they've been offered to go into hotels. Some of them. You know, and stay there till it's all resolved and cleared up. The assessors are coming down today, so yeah, for the residents, it's very distressing.
1: How many are affected?
2: Well, there was four houses that were badly affected, as in it went in and went up a couple. You know, one one and a half feet in the houses, and then there was a lot of gardens affected. Maybe about ten gardens affected, including those houses, and one wall was completely taken down. I mean, and a shed moved it was, a, it was It you can't describe since we went down there Though I went down I was asked to go down by a couple of residents and I arrived down about half nine in the morning um, and it was sad just to see everyone you know I suppose they'd been up all night they were high in adrenaline and um, as I say it was because they were told it wouldn't happen again I think it was um,
1: it was a shock to them Are these the same houses that were affected the last time?
2: Yes, it
1: was. Yes, and so, was. presumably the last time, you know, stuff was ruined, floors were ruined, furniture was ruined, all was replaced four years ago. Yes, it was all replaced by Irish Water. The assessors came out. And then, and then they're going to have to do the exact same thing all over again? Exact same thing again. And presumably, I mean, it's it's got to be covered again. Do, have Irish Water said that they will cover the cost? Oh, they
2: have. They did. They came, they went yesterday to the house, affected. And they said they would cover the cost, but still, I would hate to be going to bed at night thinking could it happen again? Because you know, once is bad enough; twice is unbelievable. And would it happen again? Because they said in 2016 it wouldn't, and I think that's what yeah. upset the residents the most: is that it reoccurred.
1: Yeah, and I see they're complaining that the smell is supposed to be pretty wicked when that happens as well. Yes, yes,
2: it wasn't. It wasn't clear water; it was dirty, dirty water. Oh. To the smell and, you know, seeing all your furniture ruined you know, has a psychological effect on you, of
1: course. Mm, absolutely. Um, so it's been repaired at the moment and it's yep. just a case of keeping fingers crossed?
2: Well, as of last night, it was still leaking and Roadstone were back again. I mean, these guys have been amazing. Um, and I think, you know, people have to realise that, um, you know, it was uh, Saturday and... Uh, they were, and we all were suffering in that heat and they worked the whole time and didn't
1: even take a cup of tea from the residents. Very, very difficult. I mean, a beautiful weekend that we had to be dealing with something like that when you want to probably be either on the beach or sitting out in your back garden and enjoying the weather. I can't imagine what it's been like for them. Yes, yes. I mean, it it, it was awful. All right. Well, Sarah, we'll have to get on to Irish Water and see what they have to say about this. In the meantime, um, I I know you'll be working closely with those residents as part of the Residents Committee uh, and you'll keep us updated on any progress, won't you? We will, of course. Thank you very much. All right. That's Sarah Beasley, um, who's a local resident there and on the Residents Committee. She's also from to Limerick. Uh, Ronan Madigan now is on the line as well. Good morning to you, Ronan. Good
0: morning, Julian.
1: Ronan, you will have heard me there. Uh, there was comments from some of our listeners on, on our Facebook page about clauses deciding not to reopen. One particular one um, mentioned that there's no difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated people. Um, what would you say to that listener?
0: Well, there's no data to back up that statement. In fact, uh, the data would be very contradictory to that statement. Uh, yes, you can still guess the likes of the Delta variant uh, and yes, you can transmit it if you're fully vaccinated, but you are way much uh, less likely to get sick or to be hospitalized or end up in ICU if you have a vaccine. Remember, the vaccines day one never promised, uh, even in their initial trials, they never promised that you that you wouldn't get uh, COVID, but it guarantees at the start, was 90 to 95% protection against serious illness and hospitalisation. That was the guarantee they won.
1: I think it was important that we we make that point uh, straight out of the gate. Uh, Ronan, you're our number cruncher on COVID. What are the numbers looking like at the moment?
0: Uh, Luckily, and I think this is partly down to the very fine weather we've had in the last week, the rate of increase has slowed uh, in the last seven days. When I last spoke to Joe uh, 10 days ago, we were on 5,000 cases for the previous seven days. As of yesterday, that's 8,605. So it is up 62% from 10 days ago. But the rate of increase has slowed in the last three, four days So it's partly attributable to people being outdoors so much. So that is likely to start uptick again this week as the weather changes and also with the opening of uh, indoor hospitality.
1: So, so you think it'll speed up again?
0: More or less definitely yes.
1: Yeah, and yet the front of the Times, uh, the UK edition of the Times this morning has some positive news. It says COVID cases fall as jabs turn the tide. Britain seeing a sustained fall in reported coronavirus cases outside of lockdown for the first time since the pandemic began. And that's pretty good news considering they threw open all their doors, including nightclubs and everything and dropped all the restrictions last week.
0: now, what, uh, the reopening last week hasn't really factored into their figures as of yet. Yes, they peaked at close on 50,000 cases a day. That is now back down to 30,000 cases a day. Now, there was uh, a lot of reporting as well in the last week that people had difficulty getting access to testing in the UK. So that needs to be borne in mind. And also, if you take UK reported 30,000 cases uh, yesterday, Mid-June, only five weeks ago, they were reporting 7,000 cases a day. So even with their slight decline, they are still more than four times the caseload that they had only five weeks ago. So it would be interesting to see how that follows through. Scotland's faring a little bit better than England. And the suggestion is the reason they're faring better is that they were actually knocked out of the Euros earlier and there was less uh, congregation of people regarding that.
1: Yeah, interesting. Um, Sport does seem to have an impact and it's kind of understandable, I suppose, that the Olympics don't have people in the stadiums. Yes, and, and
0: you know everybody watching closely the Olympics. Like even with all the precautions they are taking, they are, there are some athletes having to go home and go into self isolation. They are still picking up COVID. John Ram, the golfer, has tested positive for COVID for the second time in six weeks. Uh, only uh, yesterday, uh, so even with all their precautions, it is still spreading in some places.
1: Yeah, and it seems every day. I hear something new about COVID that kind of surprises me. How do you test twice positive in six weeks? I, I had an understanding that you had, you know, if, if you were positive uh, and you recovered from it, there'd be a bit of an immunity, which is why they're saying, I thought, it's why they're saying if you've recovered from COVID in the last six months, you can come into a pub.
0: Yeah, no, it's actually down to variants because uh, different, different variants deliver different antibodies in your system. So, you say, John Ram quite possibly tested positive for the alpha variant uh, the, the previous time he got COVID, and this time it's more likely it's the death variant he tested positive for. So, let's say even if you have some antibodies for one, it doesn't totally guarantee you not picking up another.
1: Okay. Uh, the, the other issue is non-international travel, Um the resumption of international travel last week, you know, that's going to have an impact as well.
0: Oh, it is, because even before we reopened international travel last week, uh, officially, shall we say... 10, 10 to 12% of our cases up to then were travel-related. So you would expect there would be a big increase in that in the, the, the next 10 to 14 days. Now, one of the problems for people travelling abroad, and there's a lot of this happening in Spain, where Irish people have gone to Spain uh, they, straight after getting their vaccine, they have picked up COVID over there, and now they cannot come home because they're waiting to get a certificate of uh, recovery from COVID. And that can take three to four weeks to be issued in Spain. So there are some Irish people in Spain now because of that. So, again, definitely the travel figure would go up significantly.
1: What about Limerick? How is Limerick doing specifically compared to the rest of the country? (laughs)
0: Yeah, we still, we still have a relatively high incidence rate. We're, we're coming in the fourth, fifth place in, in the country still. Now, we're not anything like as bad as Donegal, which obviously has a huge spillover from the north. But yes, we still have the fourth, fifth uh, highest infection rate around the country. So it's, it's an ongoing problem with the, the hospitals getting a little bit busier as
1: well. And can you explain as well to me that spillover from the north when the north were way ahead of us in terms of vaccination? Is that all just Delta?
0: Mostly Delta, yes, and up in in the border areas. Obviously, you would have a lot of cross-border traffic over and back, especially during the summertime vacation time. The north is a serious situation, they are on the point of reopening the Nightingale facility in Belfast because they are actually being overrun now. They issued a call last night for off-duty staff to come in and help them because a lot of the uh, working staff are now getting pinged as close contacts and have to go and self-isolate. So there is a staffing issue up the north and. It, it's really a knock on of where we would have suggested that the figures would have gone. Their hospitals extremely busy and you will see a trickle down of that into the Republic in the next couple of weeks.
1: The Irish Times front page today, uh, the government determined schools will reopen in September and yet we still haven't got approval for vaccinating uh, the younger members at the under 18s.
0: I am quite annoyed about this. Early in June, I was saying to Joe... I was- making this point that Niyak should have more or less been put up against the wall and told, make a decision on this back in June. And I said in early June, I said, we don't want to be scratching our heads in August where we're we going to go. We're knocking on the door of the 1st of August, and there still isn't a decision made on whether to vaccinate children or not. It's, it's, it's plain Russian with the, with the reopening of schools, and it needs to get sorted and sorted urgently.
1: But they are saying schools will reopen. Are you confident that they'll be able to follow through with that?
0: Um, I do know from some sources I've been talking to that can be, is being worked on as well in, in the background very quietly if it's a case that schools can't reopen. And I'm afraid, you know, if if the reopening of schools is put in jeopardy for other parts of society. I don't think the public will be too forgiving to anyone in a few weeks' time if that can't go ahead.
1: No, I don't think the public will be forgiving at all at all. Ronan, thanks very much for that. Let us know what you think. Would you forgive the government if uh, schools can't reopen in September? Send us a WhatsApp or a text on 086 123 9595.